What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! Good Lord, your intros, man, on the Jacob Media YouTube yeah. channel are just off the charts, my friend. John <laughs> McMullen, how are you, bud? I'm doing well. Welcome to the NFL. Yeah, Mark. Uh, <laughs> first 365. Uh, the great Mark Barzett. I'm going to say that, stepping oh. in. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, I uh, was uh, delighted to get the call yesterday that, uh, well, first off, Jody Mack is uh, going to be out today, so I'm filling in. You have Rob Ellis filling in Thursday, is it? Thursday, Okay. Yes. Uh, how uh, Jody's in Wednesday and Friday, so uh, you're pinch hitting then Rob Ellis. So that's a lot of pressure. Who's going to be better? I, I, you're I, both going to be better than me, so it's not that much pressure. I, I will say this. Before the show, John, we were talking about um, – we were talking about uh, just overall knowledge of the four for four sports in Philadelphia. Rob Ellis might be the most knowledgeable 
of all four sports of Philadelphia sports history. The man is a walking, talking encyclopedia, and he does not get the credit he deserves. Me, uh, I'm mostly personality. I'm just personality. I can break down some basketball for you, break down some football for you. But you know what? I just mainly thrive off my personality. Um, You got me beat because I can break down football, some basketball, but I don't have your personality. There you go. It's my. I'm very proud to say that my uh, soon-to-be four-year-old daughter just got the – I'm not kidding. They did superlatives in her uh, preschool. She got chatterbox. So nice. I'm really nice. proud of I'm really proud her, of my little girl. You got her on the route to, to Temple. By the way, I'm I'm booking Temple people. Every time I have a Temple guy on, we're going to have Colin Thompson on in hour two. He's a Temple guy. Now, I did not know you guys went to the same high school. What did you go yeah. to? The same kindergarten class <laughs> did you stop off at florida as well because he was at florida yeah he was there um, for a hot minute yeah yeah yeah, yeah he I, i'm i will say i'm significantly older than colin but i'm i'm yeah i know it was the same college i know it's the same high school and i'm pretty sure it's the same grade school i went to our lady mount carmel in doylestown and i know colin at least played for the romans in grade school which our lady mount carmel's kids play for but I don't know if he went to Mount Carmel. I think he did, but I guess we'll clear it up in uh, in hour two of the program. He'll join us at uh, nine twenty today, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, also today we got um, uh, Brian Cameron from uh, Philly Sports Network. He'll be joining us to break down the birds. But before we really get started today, John, are, were you okay weather wise last night? Was the, was the thunder scaring you a little bit? Uh, no, uh, you know, it has been quite, I hope everybody's okay. We, we, we kind of dodged a bullet here in South Jersey. I'm in South Jersey. So I think it was more West last night, more, uh, West of the city. Uh, but we, we had some down trees the day before in the neighborhood. So yeah, yeah, it's been ugly. Yeah. I know the past week and it's continuing today. There's going to be storms again today. So. Yeah, I know a lot of people are dealing with that. So if you are dealing with that, uh, you know, best of luck to you. And hopefully you can sit back, relax, and enjoy two hours of Eagles coverage because we got a lot to get into today. We are less than a month away from training camp. I know you're very excited about that, John McMullen. You'll be in the heat down there at the Novacare Complex having yourself a time. I know there's a lot of questions surrounding the Eagles right now, especially coming off or after a Super Bowl appearance last year. Unfortunately, yes, the Super Bowl lost, but I know there's some people out there still questioning Jalen Hurts. I want to talk to you today about the biggest question marks that we have still to talk about on this team. Also, is there is there a surprising player, a, a player that you're really curious to see or maybe a coach you're curious to see uh, at training camp? And again, Jason Kelsey was on this very network, the Jacob Media Network, of course, talking about possibly retiring, when that's looming. He's been on, been on other outlets as well, talking about when that could happen. I just think bottom line is the guy loves to play, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Brandon Graham's longevity. And is there a rookie in this draft class that you're looking, or maybe undrafted rookie as well, that you think will have a huge impact, maybe one of the unsung heroes uh, potentially of the upcoming NFL season? So we'll get into all that and more on today's program. But I want to start it off with the big lead today, John McMullen, and I think that has to do with Jalen Hurts. I've seen – Questions being asked about Jalen Hurts on this very network. I've seen questions being asked about Jalen Hurts on the national stage. When you talk about guys like Nick Reich, you talk about other national publications. And it seems to me 
that after this incredible year, the Eagles, of course, are sold on Jalen Hurts, and they proved that by a huge contract, biggest in NFL history at the time. Four days, baby. For he four, had four days. Yeah. For four, four long, days. beautiful days. Yeah. But it seems to me the only knock right now that is at all legitimate surrounding Jalen Hurts is the experience. It's the fact that he doesn't not he does not have a long resume to this point, John McMullen. But what he has done in the brief resume that he's been able to put together has been pretty impressive. Yeah, I would say so. I'm I'm more in the category, you know, Jody and I do this show every day, and I, I've been stunned. We don't talk about him anymore. Like this year at this time, Mark, all we talked about was Jalen Hurts. So is Jalen Hurts going to do this? Is Jalen Hurts going to do that? This offseason, we're like worried about everything else. And we're like, no, it, it doesn't even come up. It, it's sort of like I, I have to prompt people to talk about Jalen Hurts. Now, occasionally, you know, Marcus Hayes, my buddy, uh, kind of took something off by using an adjective and, and he used insecurity. The ironic part of that is, and as a reporter, you know, I'm not a big fan of aggregators because they leave out the context. Marcus was actually complimenting Jalen Hurts. And I would have used a different word, but he he used it purposefully, didn't back off of it. Um, but what he was trying to say is, look, the guy's very self-aware. He understands his deficiencies as a player. And he even mentioned this in his last press conference with us. He said, working on my weaknesses. I'm not going to tell you what they are. And he was talking to reporters, but he acknowledges them. And he's, you know, I always talk about it with organizations more than players, but it's very important for players too, Mark. You have to be honest with yourself, man. But if you're, if you act like a contender and you're not a contender as a GM, you're going to get in trouble. Um, you have to understand where you are. You have to be honest with yourself. Jalen Hurts is very honest with himself. A lot of a lot of players aren't. And he's got the tremendous work ethic. And that's what Marcus was trying to say. But people take one word. They take it out of context. And, they, oh, what are you talking about? And, you know, Marcus doesn't care. But you get my point. Mm. Um, and there's – I always go back to the – Thing every single football coach says, right? The biggest cliche in the world, control what you can control. Can't control what other people think. Can't control any of that, but you can control yourself. And that's what Jalen Hurts does so well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I agree. You talk about that word insecure. I mean, when you really think about it, I like to think about it as the opposite. Okay. Let's go to the opposite for a second. So what's the opposite of insecure? Well, it's actually something that we hate here in Philadelphia. It's somebody that just feels like everything's guaranteed for them. It's somebody that feels like, oh, they've already accomplished everything. I mean, we've, we've heard from athletes in the past, whether it be in football, whether it be in basketball or baseball, whether that be Scott Rowland in the baseball world, whether that be Sean Bradley in the basketball world of, oh, we got to play every game like it's uh, game seven, that kind of thing. And Philadelphia's like, yeah, every dribble down the first baseline, you better be busting it to the bag, that kind yeah. of attitude. Jalen Hurts plays the game with that kind of attitude. My take on it was, was simple. I mean, the opposite of insecure is somebody that's overly confident. And a guy that isn't smelling himself, I don't think is doing his job well. And Jalen Hurts uses that insecurity, I feel, to motivate himself, to make sure that he is playing at the highest level he could possibly play at. Now, there's a couple of things here. One is the last quarterback that was supposed to be the franchise guy was very insecure. And that made him crumble. 
I feel, in Carson Wentz. Jalen Hurts is insecure in a way that only motivates him to be better. So if you want to use the word insecure as the adjective, as, as you were pointing out, and, and Marcus Hayes certainly used, then okay. But I don't feel like it is in a negative way at all. And like you said, I felt like it was a compliment because what we ask of our athletes all the time is to always play like it's game seven, always play like it's the Super Bowl, always play like last the last play that could be your last play. And that's how Jalen Hurts attacks it. And that's how Jalen Hurts got to the level that he was at this past year as an all-pro quarterback, an MVP caliber quarterback, runner-up in the MVP, and a Super Bowl appearance in his second year as a starter. So if that's how he likes to attack it, and whenever you do hear from him, whenever he's doing a press conference and you're there all the time for it, John, you know this, this guy just wants to talk about how he can work on himself. He was asked about yeah. how he can improve upon last season. And as you said, he wasn't going to talk about the specifics, but in his head, he's like, yeah, guess what? I made it to the Super Bowl. Cool. You know what I didn't do? I didn't win the Super Bowl. Cool. I was in the MVP conversation. You know what I didn't do? I didn't win the MVP. I was one of the all pro quarterbacks. Great. We were undefeated for a long time, but I can still be better. I can still improve. I still have a high ceiling and whatever he needs to do to improve upon that, whatever me mentality he needs. I got a lot of confidence in Jalen Hurts that he is going to use that as motivation to make sure that he can elevate his ceiling. Yeah, and I think everybody does, and that's the point. You know, I bring it up. People stopped it insecure. You know, Marcus's next paragraph was essentially comparing him to Michael Jordan with the work <laughs> ethic. You've heard the same thing from Nick Sirianni, um, which is, you know, that's a big comp. And people, when Nick said that, people took that the wrong way and thought he was comping the players. And obviously, you, you're talking about one of the greatest players in NBA history, one of the greatest players in any sport. You know, when ESPN did their top, whatever it was, 100 athletes, he was number one. So pretty high. <laughs> um, not fair to compare anybody to Michael Jordan from a production standpoint. But Nick was comparing same as Marcus, the work ethic, the work ethic, the, the desire to get better. Um, and that's where Jalen is kind of off the charts and surpasses uh, some players maybe that have more physical gifts, uh, especially from an arm talent perspective. But do they work as hard as him? Probably not. And one thing you never see, Mark, with players in any sport, you know, ascension, ascension, ascension. They get better a little bit every year. Usually have it's like an EKG. You have some hiccups. Somebody has a good year, then they have a bit of a down year. Then they, maybe they bounce back. Maybe they get better. Then they have a down year. Since he was at Alabama, even the year he got benched, he got better. 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 Went to Oklahoma. He got better. Uh, came to Philadelphia every single season. He's gotten better. That's rare when you have that sharp trajectory up with the no hiccups. And that's why the Eagles are so confident in Jalen Hurts. Um, the money factors into it with typical people. Nobody worries about it with Jalen Hurts. You know? Yeah. Nick what said, and I said before Nick said, this is the most mature 24-year-old human being I've ever said. I know I was a knucklehead at 24. I can't speak for Mark Barzetta, but I don't know many mature people at mm -hmm. 23, 24. I don't. Never have. In, in, in the cusp 
we're all knuckleheads, right? We do <laughs> some stuff. Some of us are better than others. Same thing with NFL players. I think, you know, they come into the league. Jalen Carter is a perfect example of this. He's not Al Capone. He made a serious mistake. Um, and, and I'm not trying to downplay that, but right. he is a young kid. He's not robbing banks. I mean, he deserves a, a second chance. Um, and we'll see what he does with it. But immaturity with young people does not surprise me. He's not immature at all. It's it's weird. I, I don't think I've ever felt more confident in a player that has gotten a huge contract in Philadelphia more so than I've been confident in Jalen Hurts. And it's because of that maturity. I mean, you can look at money across sports, even Carson Wentz, the money that he got. Still, longevity. I wanted to see longevity. I wanted to see a guy go out there, be able to complete a season, be able to go out there and show that he is that next level of maturity. But some adversity faced him, and he shook. He shook big time. Jalen Hurts, I don't see shaking. I see a guy going out there and continuously doing what we saw last year. I see him as a perennial MVP candidate. I see the Eagles as a perennial at least playoff team, NFC championship, or NFC East champions without question, NFC championship contenders, Super Bowl contenders, mainly because of Jalen Hurts and what he brings to the table athletically and also what he brings to the table between the ears because of that maturity level. Yeah, and, you know, he calls himself a, a triple threat because a lot of people focus on his running ability, and, and obviously it's tremendous. He, he improves so much as a passer, but he, he also, I think he takes the most pride in the mental aspect of the game, getting the Eagles in the right, you know, spot, right call, you know, putting the football uh, where it's supposed to go. Because remember, the modern game is more concepts than plays. If you think about the days of Bill, Bill Walsh, you call a play. Now quarterbacks look at, all right, where's the free safety? All right, we have this concept. He's there. Ball's got to go here. Um, so in a lot of games, the game, a lot of ways the game is simplified. But, you know, he makes the right decisions. Um, he takes care of the football. Josh Allen's a guy I've been talking about a lot in this offseason. I put Jalen Hurts over Josh Allen now in, in the cusp of quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Most people disagree with me. Traits-wise, I get it. Josh Allen's phenomenal. But he's reckless. He makes a lot of mistakes, has made a lot of mistakes in big situations. Um, Jalen takes care of the football, and you still have that explosive playability. Um, he's really a unique player. Um, you know, I think everybody was concerned about the improvement with the accuracy, whether that's AJ Brown, Devonte Smith. Sure. It helps Dallas Goddard, the best offensive line, but I mean, it's hard to poke holes in Jalen hurts right now. It really mm -hmm. is. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk to Brian Cameron of Philly Sports Network about all things Jalen Hurts, all things Eagles, of course. Uh, and also, look, I think we can sing the praises of Jalen Hurts all day, but if we have to talk about one thing in particular that we might want to see improved about his game, what would that be? We'll get to that in just a second here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. 
Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mama. Mama, go, oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Mark Barr is going to fill it in for Jody McDonald, John McMullen right there. And joining us right now from the Philly Sports Network, please welcome to the program, Brian and uh, Brian Cameron joining us. Brian, how are you, man? Doing well, doing well. Thank you for having me. How are you guys feeling? Uh, doing well. Thanks for uh, joining us, Brian. Uh, I guess we'll start. We started the program talking about Jalen Hurts. Not a lot to talk about this offseason. All we talked about last year on Birds 365 in the offseason was can Jalen Hurts take that next step. Now Jody and I, when we do the show, we never talk about him, Brian. We're all we're, we're talking about the defense, the change in coordinators, how do you replace so and so? And Jalen Hurts is sort of this given, this constant. Um, Marcus Hayes was on our show, used the term insecurity, a lot of aggregation, sort of left out the context. Uh, it was actually a compliment. It was trying to say, hey, look, this guy understands his weaknesses, works so hard to improve them. And I think that is the most impressive thing about Jalen Hurts to me, Brian, is the fact that he's honest with himself. 
He knows, all right, I got to work on this. I work on this. He's not going to tell me what he's working on, but hmm. he acknowledges what he needs to work on. When you look at Jalen Hurts and the season he ha- had, do you have any concerns? Do you have any worries? Um, what is the number one, if there is a number one concern with Jalen Hurts? Isn't that the weird thing nowadays? Um, going back to, you know, when Carson was, was around, it was kind of like, okay, like, can Carson stay healthy? Like, can Carson actually be the guy? Um, but with Jalen, it's kind of like, all right, like, how do we nitpick at a guy who made a huge jump, was the best quarterback in the Super Bowl, was the best quarterback in the NFC for nearly the whole season until he went down with a shoulder injury. And at this point, it's kind of like, it's, it's scary for you, fans to think about it, where we actually have a quarterback that consistently can be a top five quarterback for the next several years. Yeah. Um, can't have nice things. <laughs> no, we, we really can't. It's, it is such a weird thing. It's such a weird <clears throat> dynamic. I was talking to the guys on, on, on Flipping the Birds, and it's just, it's a weird thing to see how well ran the Eagles organization is from top to bottom. Um, it's just there's nothing really to nitpick except for the defense and the defense that you nitpick, and that is kind of like Jonathan Gannon's defense. What happened with the Super Bowl? Um, but for Jalen Hurts, it just feels like there's another level that he could definitely reach. It's just a matter of fact of what that level is. I mean, he was the best pocket passer last season. We know he could, you know, he could do it on the move. So at this point, it's just you know, it's just bringing the Lombardi home. I mean, what else can we really expect at this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brian, on that note, I, I think it is hard to, to nitpick at his game when you're talking about a guy MVP caliber, all pro, Super Bowl appearance, and all that stuff. But let's let's look at it for what it is. This is Jalen Hurts we're talking about. So Jalen Hurts is looking in the mirror. So you call it insecurity. You call it just wanting to work on himself, whatever you want to call it. Striving for perfection, the pursuit of perfection. Uh, I remember when Jeffrey Lurie was talking about the contract before the contract was signed. One of the things he said about Jalen Hurts was he has a – phenomenal dedication to the pursuit of perfection. And that is something that I think every athlete should have every athlete that walks through the doors in Philadelphia. So when Jalen hurts is looking in the mirror and he's trying to break down what he really needs to improve upon in his game, what do you think he's focusing on? So I think, again, to kind of go back on what Marcus said, insecurity, I think it was the the wrong terminology for it. Um, You know, as even playing sports in high school, like you always knew what your weaknesses were and you always, yes, you were trying to make up for it, but at the same time, you're just trying to get, get better. Um, for Jalen Hurts, it's, it's just a matter of, of consistency. I think that's his main thing. That's what he preached all season long last year and the year before was just being consistent, keeping the main thing the main thing, um, as he always said. So if he could bring that level of consistency where week in, week out, you're not questioning how great the Eagles are. Like the, the offseason started and the, um, right off the bat was, hey, how can the 49ers make the Super Bowl? How can the 49ers do this? Like, they're the they're the face of the NFC, apparently. But the Eagles, like, week in and week out, they did their thing. They did it with, you know, with a healthy quarterback. And even with a non-healthy quarterback, when Jalen was against the Giants, I mean, you saw the, the the how much the shoulder was holding them back in the playoffs. Um, but I think with Jalen, the main thing is just consistency, right? You know, consistency on the, on the offense. You have, you know, Rashad Penny. You have DeAndre Swift now in the back there. Um, you have a, a healthy A.J. Brown, a healthy Devontae Smith. You have, and I, forgive me for butchering his name, Alamides um, Zacchaeus coming in. Uh, uh, possibly a no. – uh, is that how you say Alamides? Alamide. Um, Alamide. Alamide. There yeah. we go. I'm Spanish, name, so I try to add an accent to everything. <laughs> <laughs> no no um, worries there. You know, if you want to say Halapoli Bati Baitai, we say throw it out there. I, yeah, right. I stay away from that one. Yeah. <laughs> um. But, yeah, I mean, you mentioned something, Brian, um, 
that piques my interest because I think it's a, I think it's a thing. It's maybe intangible, but it's there, and that's expectations. I mean, you you, you use the term, all right. What else is there to do but win the Lombardi Trophy, which is true. It's also really, really difficult. Um, Jason Kelsey was on uh, Jacob Sports, and he mentioned how difficult it is to get to the point the Eagles were. I think that's one of the reasons why Howie was so depressed after the Super Bowl, because he knew they had the best team and they didn't take advantage of it. Um, It is really, really, really hard to make a Super Bowl, never mind win a Super Bowl. So many things have to go right. And you mentioned the defense and we, you know, obviously they collapsed in the second half, but you got to get the, to the point to, to the collapse. In other words, 70 sacks, probably not going to happen again. Number two ranked defense, number one ranked passing defense, probably not going to happen again. So I think people are kind of forgetting getting to the Super Bowl and saying, oh, we collapsed in the Super Bowl. It's kind of a big deal to get there. Are the expectations out of whack? I don't think the expectations are out of whack. I think the expectations are what they are because of the team that's in front of you. Um, my main thing this this offseason was the defense was going to be weaker no matter what, right? Even with, with Jalen Carter. Yeah, Smith, if everybody came you know back, that. they weren't going to have the same season. Uh, exactly. Everybody came back, yeah. And my main thing was to have an, an offense that can overcompensate for what the defense is lacking. You know, you want an offense that's going to put up point, enough points on the board where the defense can actually afford to make a mistake or two, afford to kind of go through those growing pains throughout the season. And I think adding players like DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny and then having year two of A.J. Brown and, and Jalen Hurts really um, really helps with that. Defensively, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough road. It's going to be a very tough road because I feel like even in the, with the linebacker core with Nicole Dean and Nicholas Morrow, um, we don't have much depth there to begin with. And then we do have an aging Darius Slay. We do have a, a an aging James Bradbury. Um, but it's it's going to be interesting, right? Um, it is tough to get back there, but I think it would be tougher if the NFC wasn't as wide open as it is. I mean, the second best team doesn't have a franchise quarterback at the end of the day. They have a rotational you know group of quarterbacks that just can't stay healthy, um, and that proved an NFC championship game. And then after that, it's, it's such a huge drop-off. I mean, the Cowboys, they are they are what they are. They've been a, a shell of greatness for how many years already, right? Um, it's not much after that that, they, that the Eagles really have to be concerned about. I think the main thing right now is the Eagles are facing the uphill battle of, of themselves. They're literally racing against themselves from last year. Yeah, it's an interesting thing, and, and you can talk about, especially on the defensive side of the ball, we've been talking about with Jalen Hurts, how to prove any doubters wrong, he just needs to have that longevity, he needs to build on that resume that he's already well-established right now. It's a good start to a career, but defensively speaking, you can talk a lot about it in experience as well. Considering just your starting safeties, you have one that's pretty much locked up with Reed Blankenship, and then there's going to be a battle for the other one. Sidney Brown could be that guy, and I'm hoping he is that guy, but if he is that guy... And that's not a lot of experience you have at the free safety spot. You mentioned the linebackers and the guy that's uh, charged with orchestrating all of this. Sean Desai has only been a defensive coordinator one year in his NFL career. His NFL coaching career has been a defensive coordinator one time. So we can talk about confidence with the inexperience of uh, a guy like Jalen Hurts individually. But as a unit, how much of a concern is it to you, Brian, when you talk, when you talk about this defense? Oh, it's a huge concern. I think it's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of growing pains with this defense. Um, 
but it's a matter of like, did they do the right thing of loading up the defensive line to overcompensate for an aging Darius Slay and James Bradbury? Like, we won't be able to know that until they actually hit the field. And the key thing about this is you have an age to Fletcher Cox. You have an age Brandon Graham. You, a lot of guys have to stay healthy for them to really just hold up the fort for the season. Um, and then you mentioned a safety group. Like, it's, it's, a, young, it's a very young group out there. Um, you know, sometimes having youth is great, but sometimes having youth, you know, that's inexperienced, it could be an Achilles heel. But at the end of the day, I feel like this this offense is more than um, more than well built to to overcompensate for the lack of what they're lacking on defense. Um, yeah, I think you're right, Brian, with the defensive line. When you point out the aging of, of Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, you expect at some point, especially with Brandon, um, the the drop off. Uh, you've kind of already seen it with Fletcher. Brandon played so well last season; it's it's kind of unbelievable. And now they limited his reps. Maybe that improved. But they've done a good job getting younger as well. They've been able mm-hmm. to do it. And you bring in back-to-back. You bring in Jordan Davis, uh, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith. Um, all these guys, former teammates, current teammates, Georgia guys. I think people were disappointed with Jordan Davis last year. But honestly, I don't think they understand the role. Uh, you know, his role is to make others better, not to get sacks, not to get stats. That's for Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith and everybody else. And, you know, look at N'Kobe Dean at Georgia. You know, every time you saw a highlight, you saw the big guy up front taking up two blockers to get him to the football sort of unabated. Um, so they have this tremendous talent up front. Um and you mentioned, I agree with it's kind of, can they make up for the deficiencies on the back end? Jim Schwartz used to call it the engine of his defense. Um, I was talking to an NFC executive outside Philadelphia. He said they had 17 NFL players, 16, 17 on the defensive line. I'm counting edge, edge rushers. Um, now, they're not all great. Contavious Streets of the world, you know, guys like that. But they belong in the league. That depth is so impressive. Can that overcome the deficiencies on the back end? I think it definitely can, especially with, uh, with again, to, to their advantage, the inexperience of Jalen Carter. Um, I think Jalen Carter is going to be a necessary, um, how can I say this, a necessary player for this defense, but he's not going to be the guy this year because I just think the inexperience is going to catch up to them at one point. But having Jalen Carter there, having a, a mammoth like Jordan Davis to to free up um, space for Fletcher Cox, for Hassan Reddick, who I feel like is very, very underrated for what, what he did last year with the Eagles. Um, and he's done the last couple years with different teams. Then you have a Nolan Smith, who seems to be like a duplicate version of Hassan Reddick on the other side. You have Josh Sweat, who nobody talks about as well. And then, like you mentioned in the beginning, Brandon Graham, like the engine that just doesn't stop. Um I think they're 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 very well prepared to to do what they what's going to be asked of them for the season, um, and I think Jalen Carter is going to be a a focal point because you mentioned Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter they just they work very well together. Where Jordan Davis is going to take a lot of space and Jalen Carter is going to find the holes that he can break through to get to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of teams are just under um, undervaluing that 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 consistency that that Eagles built with those two players. Mm-hmm. Brian, I, I want to ask you as you mentioned Nolan Smith right there. Of all the new Eagles, rookie class, free agents, DeAndre Swift, for instance, um, you know, other guys that have come in here, 
Is there a guy that you think is going to be the breakout star, a new eagle, new to the nest, whatever you want to call it, that you think is going to be the breakout guy who's going to start, you know, grabbing headlines left and right from jump this season? Is there a guy you're watching for that? I think it's Nolan. I mean, the, the kid, since he's gotten drafted, he's just nonstop work. And you see him in every video possible. You saw Devon Miller's um, summit. He's just a, a motor that just doesn't stop. And it, you can see from the moment he was drafted in his press conference that he was out there to prove a lot to, um, to the world, even though he was a first-round pick. But I think he's a, he's a big ball of energy. He's going to be one of those guys who doesn't get a lot of snaps, kind of like Jordan Davis last year. Not a lot of people are going to understand his role, but when he's there, you're going to see the, the efficiency of, what, of his play. I think he's going to be a great addition for years to come. Yeah, it's kind of a luxury because you have um, um, you have Josh Wett, as you mentioned, who I think might be the most underrated player on this team. Hassan Reddick, who's a, a star, was in the defensive player of the year conversation, and Brandon Graham before you even get to Nolan Smith. It was funny. I texted somebody on draft night when the Eagles got Carter. I said, you know, I said, uh, you know, what do you think? And he didn't get back to me. And I, I didn't think much of it because he's busy. He was in a draft room. <laughs> and I said, maybe he'll get back to me in a couple of days. Then they drafted Smith and he just texted back. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what is this? What, what this league is allowing the Philadelphia Eagles to get these players on the defensive and offensive lines. Um, you know, whether it's Landon Dickerson a couple of years ago Um and now it's Shalen Carter, arguably the best player in the draft, right? If he didn't have any issues off the field, he probably he probably goes number one overall. Chicago takes him, um, and you never even think about him at the ninth pick in the draft. Now, there's concerns. I mean, you got to be realistic. The Eagles got him for a reason. But from a talent perspective, I was trying to think about it. I'll ask both of you guys. When is the last time the Eagles got somebody with this kind of talent at the top of the draft? I can't – people can say Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz was pushed up the board because he was a quarterback. Mm-hmm. He wasn't one of the best two or three players in the draft class. This guy – this guy's a number one pick guy, talent-wise, from just a talent perspective. Typically, when you make the Super Bowl – you don't get the most talented player <laughs> in the draft. I think he's going to be a home run if he, you know, does what he's supposed to do and, and stays clean off the field. Any thoughts about who the last guy? Because I, I, you got to go back years and years and years and years. Number one pick status, I can't think of him, but Lane Johnson I think is the closest. Yeah, that's a good one. That's Lane the only – that. That that's the not number one pick, but the closest to it. I think I think Lane Johnson is the guy that could be the most yeah. comparable in terms of pushing himself up the draft status without being a quarterback. Yeah, that's a good one because um, Lane's going to the Hall of Fame, um, in my opinion, and and he's the mm-hmm. best right tackle in football. That's a very good one. That's probably it. Good good job by you, Mark. <laughs> but um, from Jalen Carter's perspective, I think when people see him. They're going to be blown away. I, I think mm-hmm. they don't realize, like Brian, you were talking about, he might not break forward. I think he is. I think he's going to be a star as a rookie because people got to worry about Reddick. They got to worry about sweat. They can't just say, oh, Jalen Carter's 
uh, doing some damage. Let's double team him. If you double team him, you got to double team Davis. Good luck blocking Hassan Reddick. I think that's the hope for the Eagles defense. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I, I think Mark stole my answer with Lane Johnson. I might have slipped in, <laughs> in the chat to him. <laughs> oh, he did? Oh, there you go. Oh. a fella. <laughs> Good teamwork. Good teamwork right there. <laughs> there it is. Uh, no, no, that is an interesting thing, though, when you talk about the breakout stars and what Jalen Carter can bring. <clears throat> but the, the thing that Howie Rose has done such a great job with, and you could agree, disagree with this, Brian, but is the versatility of this defensive line. And I know it's been a, a tale as old as, uh, as, old as Andy Reid in Philadelphia when it comes to making sure you're building your interior and starting in the trenches there. But from a defensive line perspective, I think you might not have the, the stat production of a Javon Hargrave where it's double-digit sacks for Jalen Carter right out of the gate. But I think in terms of playing his role very well, I think you're not going to miss a beat. And you're talking about a Pro Bowl caliber player there, a Pro Bowler in, in Javon Hargrave, and moving to a rookie that's going to, I think, not really give much slack and is not going to really leave a lot to be desired. I think he's going to go out there and he's going to have a very dominant year, not just for a rookie standard, but for a veteran standard of that, of Javon Hargrave, who, of course, signed that deal with the 49ers. So I look at it, I think you've actually, despite the fact that you're not going to have the veterans, at least on the early goings of the season, with an Indomitian Sue or a Linval Joseph or a Javon Hargrave especially, but I think you're really not going to be missing a beat between the sophomore season, quote-unquote, of Jordan Davis and also what you're going to be seeing from a guy like Jalen Carter, especially with getting better on the edge. Because I think I think a guy like Nolan Smith is going to be, in his rare opportunities where he's still playing behind guys like Josh Sweat, he's playing behind Hassan Reddick, I think he's going to get to the quarterback a lot, and he's got the personality of a Brandon Graham at least. Yeah, he does. So Man. we're going to be guy. absolutely. Yeah. I I I don't think this Eagles defensive line, despite getting substantially younger, and again, John, to your point of including the edge rushers, I don't think they're really going to miss a beat in that category, Brian. And again, I think they're going to overcompensate for for what they what they lack on the back end. I mean, that's the key. The key green is everything, right? The defensive line can get to the quarterback and make the quarterback. Um, cause cause any miscues, cause any mistakes for a quarterback, and then the secondary is going to look great. Um, but I, again, it's just a matter of, to me at least, a matter of just staying healthy, right? Everybody has to stay stay healthy. We did lose, you know, Davis for a couple games last season, and people realized what his role was after losing him, where they had to bring in two other players on the from free agency to actually cover his spot. Um, it's just a matter of staying healthy. If this defensive line can actually stay healthy from game one all the way to the playoffs, I think this defense can actually hold the fort down while the offense just does whatever they do. And then for years to come, you're going to, you know, you're going to hear Jalen Carter being talked about like Aaron Donald. You're going to hear Jordan Davis being talked about like Indomitian Sue. Um, it's just going to, it's going to be a great defense for years to come. But for this season, I, th I think the key ingredient is just, just stay healthy. Um, offensively, we kind of, uh, because the Eagles are so loaded um, and they lost Isaac Sayamalo, uh, but they have the replacements ready to go. Uh, and whether it's going to be Cam Jurgens for the short term or Tyler Steen, I think we all have confidence in Jeff Stoutland that it's going to be at least competent. Um, but I will say, you know, with Miles Sanders, I, I do think everybody turned that page pretty quickly. Um, and, you know, Miles had, I think it was 1,269 yards last year. That's a big number. Um, and they've gone about it. And, and they've gotten DeAndre Swift, as you mentioned, Rashad Penny. 
We know the injury history history with Rashad Penny, tremendously talented, but it's hard to count on him to say he's going to play 17 games. Um, And DeAndre, for all the talent that he has, he topped out at 617 yards in Detroit. I mean, that's a far cry from 1239. Are we just dismissing... um, and in, in, in some ways disrespecting Miles Sanders and his role on this team, that he's easily replaceable? I don't, I don't think it's, a, it's such a, um, a sly at Miles Sanders. I think it's just a, the reality of what's, what's been going on in Philadelphia for years. They, they don't commit to any running back except for, you know, LaShawn McCoy at one point and DeMarco Murray, which was obviously a huge mistake. Um, <laughs> Miles Sanders was, was phenomenal, right? He was, he was great last season. He's been great for his time here even with his growing pains and he was a great uh, a great piece of the offense last season but it's just it's just a reality of it now you you know it's kind of like what they did with Jordan Davis when he went down they they signed Linval Joseph they went with Dominican and Kinsu um as well and now you go with Shad Penny and DeAndre Swift to bring a dynamic that Miles Sanders brought by himself um my big fear obviously is, is the injuries right you know if DeAndre Swift goes down then you have Rashad Penny Kenny Gainwell if Rashad Penny goes down you have Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott and possibly Trey Sermon um going into this offseason I was actually more than content with just going with Kenny Gainwell as RB1 um I think it's just it's uh it's great that they added Rashad Penny and DeAndre Smith but I think this running back room for for what they what their job and the purpose actually is I think they'll be They'll be just as good, but they'll never bring those numbers like like Miles did. And that, mm-hmm. the advantage is Jalen Hurts can run. The RPO is, is solely based on Jalen Hurts' decision at the end of the day. And if you can keep DeAndre Swift healthy for at least like 10 to 12 games, you keep Rashad Penny for healthy for at least 10 to 12 games, then you're already a step ahead of, um, of what you thought you would be at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you wrote an article a couple of weeks ago, uh, I think a week ago, actually, for Philly Sports Network there, and you were talking about some surprising moves, Brian, that the Eagles could be making, that Howie Roseman could be making uh, leading up to training camp. Uh, Patrick Queen is one of those moves right there. Uh, I believe another one you listed was Devin White as well. Are you still on board, maybe, for Howie Roseman being even more aggressive as the offseason goes on to solidify some linebacking or safety spots? I think it, it makes too much sense to not happen. Um now, granted, these are some big names that the Eagles probably, you know, don't usually go for. But at the same time, like John mentioned, like how he was depressed after the Super Bowl. And to get back to the Super Bowl, you need all hands on deck. Um, I think getting a guy like Patrick Queen or Devin White to pair with N'Kobe Dean would be phenomenal. Um, you're adding a veteran presence to that linebacker room, which is, in my opinion, is still needed no matter what. I mean, T.J. Edwards was that veteran, veteran presence last year as well as Kaiser White. Um, but adding more firepower to a defense that a lot of people feel like will be your weakness it would be phenomenal, I think. And I think going after a Patrick Queen, which is still young, or going after a Devin White, who's very, very well-established in the league, would be a, an A-plus move. Uh, at B Cameron PSN, make sure you follow Brian on Twitter, uh, managing editor uh, for the Eagles coverage at, uh, uh, at Philadelphia SN, so make sure you follow those guys. Uh, co-host of the Flippin' Birds pod as well. Um, last one for me, Brian, uh, coaching staff, um, you know, one of the sort of advantages the Eagles had year one to year two of the Nick Sirianni era, they kept everybody together, the entire coaching staff, which is rare in the NFL, um, either, you know, want to move on from some guys or 
mm-hmm. they're successful as what happened um, coming off the Super Bowl. You lose both coordinators. Defensively, I think, you know, a lot of fans didn't like Jonathan Gannon. But they also, if you did a defensive depth chart for coaches, they also lost the top two guys under Jonathan Gannon. Denard Wilson, who left because he wasn't promoted. Nick Rollis, who left to go with Jonathan Gannon. Um, a lot of turnover. And then you bring in a Matt Patricia, which is kind of weird, to be honest. You bring in yeah. <laughs> a Marcus Brady. He was here last year as a consultant. But you have this extra added layer. All this turnover in the coaching staff, is that uh, an issue for you? It's one of those things that you keep in the back of your head and you go into Sunday hoping that it, it doesn't flare up. Um, I think, like you mentioned, the Matt, Matt Patricia hiring is um, the oddest thing to ever happen. I mean, that's kind of like when they were looking for Josh McDaniels um, to hire as a head coach and everybody in Philadelphia was panicking because nobody wanted him on our sideline. Um, and, and they were right, by the way. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of bringing um, – I feel like Bill Belichick's coaching tree is only good with Bill Belichick at this point. Um, but Patricia, I, it's, it's a weird dynamic. Uh, then you have Sean Desai bringing his guys in. Um, I think, you know, Brian Johnson, that, that turnover, I think is going to be perfectly fine, honestly, just because the relationship he has with Jalen. But defensively, it's going to be weird. It's going to be um, a different um, site. And I, again, I mentioned growing pains a lot about the defense. And I think they're going to go through their growing pains with this new staff. I'm just hoping that um, we don't have an issue with uh, Matt Patricia in the back end that, you know, comes out weeks, week 13 where he had a spat with a defensive player this hand there because the Eagles, they, they based their, their team on, on culture for so many years, right? Like that's the reason that they, they moved on from Doug. They, that's the reason that the, um, they moved on from Carson. Like their, dyna- their, their focal point is, is having that culture, having no, nothing leak out, no, you know, synonymous stuff leaking out. They want everything to stay in-house and everything to, to run as smooth as possible. Um, so it's, it's a very weird dynamic. I feel like you mixed a lot of things in a pot that could either boil over or could just simmer well. I mean, it's, it's a bit of concern, but at the same time, it's one of the things you keep in the back of your head. It's like, okay, if something goes wrong, like, yeah, okay, that, that's exactly why this happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian, we appreciate you coming on, man. Make sure you guys check out all Brian's stuff. Follow him right there on social media, on Twitter. Also check his stuff out at Philly, Philly Sports Network as well. Brian, thanks so much, brother. Thank you for having me on, guys. Take care. Thanks, Brian. Absolutely. Thanks for the conversation. <clears throat> Some good stuff right there. Um, coming up in a minute, John, I want to pick your brain on something here. We talked a lot about Jalen Hurts. We talked a lot about the running back core. We also talked about the running back room. We've also talked a little bit about the defense. <clears throat> I feel like you understood what Jonathan Gannon was trying to do uh, more than most people understood what he was really trying to do. Sean Desai remains a big question mark as far as I'm concerned when it comes to what he's going to do with this defense how he's going to organize the talent that has been given to him. So when we come back, John, I want you to answer the question, what you have learned in the couple of months now that we have known Sean Desai will be the defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles. What understanding, what comparisons can you make to that of Jonathan Gannon's as well? And coming up an hour or two of Birds 365, we're going to talk to, uh, uh, we're going to talk to somebody that just does a phenomenal job each and every week, breaking it down on the Not For Long Media Network as well. Uh, we're going to be joined by Colin Thompson, NFL tight end, as well as Not For Long Media, and he'll be breaking it down for us. One question I got to ask him, and John, you know this all too well. This is the don't be an idiot period of the NFL season. Yes, it yeah, is. It's yeah. the month and a half between OTAs and training camp where coaches break the room and they go, all right, see you guys later. Don't be an idiot. 
I want to know what gets said in those moments where coaches release their teams into the wild uh, and say, hey, don't make a big mistake. I want to talk to Colin Thompson about that coming up in hour two of the program. My name is Mark Farzetta. I'm filling in from my man Jody McDonald here on Birds 365. We'll be back in a second. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Welcome back Bird 365 Mark Barzettis sitting in for Jody McDonald Johnny Mac right there uh, One hour just about done already on the program The show, show flies by when you're just talking birds there Johnny Mac This is a good time man Ah, yeah, it's a good time with you, Mark. Uh, oh. You know, I didn't get to see Brian would have gotten, Jody would have jumped down Brian's throat when he brought up the 49ers and talked about not having a quarterback. He's got Brock Purdy in the Hall of Fame already. Oh, does he? Oh, does he now? Oh, yeah. Jody back. Oh, come on, man. I, I, It really is amazing to me that a fan base whined as much as they, like, 
there have been tough losses suffered by teams and obviously suffered along with them as their fan base. But I, I cannot remember a team that has whined that like in baseball, the New York Mets just imploded. And you know what their fans did? They went, yeah, we suck. Like that, <laughs> like that's what happened. It's like, I'm, I'm shocked. Niners fans just, just didn't acknowledge. Yeah. That you were on your third, your fourth quarterback in some instances, just suck it up, man. It's called football. It's a rough game. The same patty cake. Yeah. Out to there. me. To me, that's one of the easiest losses to take because you can kind of, you should be able to, if you're a fan, to say, well, we were down to our fourth quarterback. I mean, mm -hmm. what are you going to do? But yeah, yeah they took it kind of hard. Now, hey, you know, but to be fair, Mark, I mean, Eagles fans took the, the Super Bowl hard and, you know, the Super Bowl and, you know, the field conditions, everybody brings up the field conditions, the holding call to James Bradbury. Uh, the Gannon stuff, the miscommunication, the, uh, the then the tampering. Oh, he wasn't focused on the Super Bowl. So you hear a lot of stuff. And that's what I thought Jason Kelsey uh, was on uh, Jacob Sports with Rob and, and, and D-Gun. And, you know, he broke it down. And Jason does this all the time. And I love him for it because he never complains about stuff. And I want to get it. I'm trying to bring it up. So. Mm -hmm. Um, he, he, and this is Jason Kelsey for me personally, I never want to acknowledge that anybody else or something else has control over the outcome. If I'm truly a competitor, this shit's on me. Right. <laughs> and, you know, he acknowledges, nobody acknowledges the randomness of the NFL more than Kelsey. Cause he knows how difficult it is to win games. Stars got to align all that kind of stuff. He said, obviously, there's a lot of factors that go into winning a game. Uh, when you're Jalen Hurts, I know the way he thinks because we've talked about it. You know, he still beats himself up over this play and that play, talking about the fumble. It's like, dude, you had the best performance ever by a quarterback in the history of the Super Bowl. You did just fine. But the point is, you don't want to acknowledge that somebody else, the field, the officials, because once you start to do that, you start to value the devaluing who you are and who we are. That's what Jason says. You know, if they didn't make the mistakes, if the players didn't make the mistakes, if the players didn't miscommunicate, they win the Super Bowl with the field conditions, uh, with the tampering, um, with the fumble. If they communicate in the second half. They win the game. You know, Jason Kelsey acknowledges that, owns it, believes it, and that's why he's a five-time All-Pro that's going uh, to the Hall of Fame. You don't play woe is me and get to that level if you think, oh, the official screwed me, the field. You just don't get to that level. Yeah, he's holding himself accountable, and yeah. he's holding his team accountable. And he's not blaming anybody else. Like a lot of times, I think legitimate reasons for why you may have lost a game. Can, you know what they are? Even if they're legitimate, they're just excuses. That's it. That's all it is. It's just, it's just an excuse. And nobody wants to hear about the excuses. People just want to care. They just care about the bottom line, whether or not you won or lost <clears throat> the game. And yeah. I think what is motivated, we talk about motivation all the time, but what is motivated is Jason Kelsey to be the champion that he is and the future Hall of Famer that he is. 
is holding himself accountable. It's not about whether or not Chip Kelly is a good head coach or not. It's not about whether or not Andy Reid just got fired. It's whether or not Doug Peterson should have been fired. It's not about whether or not Carson Wentz was struggling or the offensive line was struggling. Through all of that, oh, and a first-year head coach like Nick Sirianni, it's not about all that. Or another quarterback like Jalen Hurts coming in to be your starter. It's not about things changing like that. It's about what you're controlling in the moment. So although you can talk about the field, you can talk about the officials, and they might be legitimate reasons as to why you might have messed up at a certain point as opposed to where the Chiefs could have messed up, but it doesn't matter because all that matters is if you would have made an adjustment, if you would have blocked this guy instead of that guy, if you would have read the right blocking assignment or shifted blocking to a different way or coverage to a different way, or maybe you make an adjustment defensively, it's still within your control that you could have done something to impact the game bigger. And as far as what you were saying about a tough pill to swallow, John, being up 10 points at halftime in the Super Bowl, I think is a little tougher to, to over. It's a little tougher pill to swallow blowing a lead like that than, I don't know, being down to your fourth quarter. No, I, well, I agree with that. Yeah, I, right, 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 know, right. The, the 49ers loss, I mean, it's easily explainable. See, to me, if I'm a 49ers fan and you want to make yourself feel better, you just say, well, if we would have had our quarterback, we would have won the game. Not if this, that, this, that, you know, we're the better team, we're the bad. You just say, hey, any team down to their fourth quarterback, forget about down to Brock Purdy. Yeah. The fact that they were in that game with Brock Purdy, that's what I'm bragging about. <laughs> They're in that game with Brock Purdy. Now, again, I'm not crowning Brock Purdy like my partner, my usual partner is. That guy was in the NFC championship game and they thought they had a chance to win. That tells you how good San Francisco is. Mm -hmm. That's what I would hang my hat on. All right. But you know, yeah, you play with house money at some point. Yeah. Fans yeah. are fans. I mean, they want to win. They, they think their team's the best, no matter what, you know, the new super beats heart shoes advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh. 
they could have had Mark Barzetta playing quarterback. Oh, we're better than the Eagles. No, you got yeah. your ass kicked by the Eagles. I don't want to brag, but I was backup quarterback for one game in high school one time, freshman year. Go. So, you know, you know, but not that far off. Not that far off. Uh, John, before we went to the break, I, I teased this question. I want to ask you this question. You have a pretty good understanding for what uh, I think better than anybody for what Jonathan Gannon was trying to do defensively speaking, schematically speaking, uh, in his two years as the Eagles defensive coordinator. Sean Desai uh, supposedly hired because he's going to do a lot of the same things that Jonathan Gannon did. We don't know a lot. Just like we didn't know a lot about Jonathan Gannon, we don't know a lot about Sean Desai. Bit of a mystery. One year as a defensive coordinator, and that was for the Chicago Bears. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's a what assistant head coach, and he's a advisor, consultant, whatever he was last year under uh, Pete Carroll there in Seattle. In the month and a half, two months now, a little bit longer that we've known he's going to be a defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles. What have you learned about Sean Desai that makes you think that this defense is in good hands? Well, I think, you know, I think right off the bat, I think Sean, you know, another Temple guy, uh, you know, I think he understands the city better than Jonathan. Um, so if you look at his first press conference, um, he already had a better feel for it. Um, <laughs> he knows and, you know, people can dismiss it, but it's important, um, especially in this city, because this city can swallow you up. I mean, <laughs> They 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 had the number two defense last year, as I mentioned. Number one passing defense, 70 sacks. In theory, on paper, everything they want, and they couldn't stand the defensive coordinator. Not everybody, but a lot of people. This city can swallow you up. Sean Desai said all the right things. All the right things. And that's a big part of it. However, he's playing the same scheme, the same philosophy. Um and he had been mentioned, you know, remember, he's an actual Vic Fangio disciple. Jonathan just liked the defense from afar and sort of adopted the scheme. Um, Sean is an actual Vic Fangio guy. So it's going to be the same philosophy. Um, now, everything's different. I, I compare it to when the Eagles shifted play calling from Nick Sirianni to Shane Steichen, same offense, different guy though. So it's going to be a little bit different in moments. Um, maybe he does a better job in moments that that's the, what the fan base has to hope for. Um, looking at his time in Chicago, um, he, he tends to overload a little bit more than JG. So maybe you have Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick or Hassan Reddick and Nolan Smith or Josh Sweat and Nolan Smith from the same side, something like that. Maybe he's more aggressive on third and 13. Um, those are all possibilities, but he's here because Nick Sirianni likes that defense. You know, limit right. big plays, limit explosive plays win the turnover battle. That's what the Eagles think. And by the way, Sean McVay is in this category. The reason so many teams play um, Big Bangio's defense, Sean McVay said it, um, Kevin O'Connell said it, who's a Sean McVay guy, Nick Sirianni said it. All these offensive coaches um, say that's the most difficult scheme to play against. Um, and that's why so many teams use it. Here's my problem, and I've been talking about this for years now. There's a there's always a tipping point. 
when when Tony Dungy's cover two was all the rage, everybody copied it. And then there's a tipping point. Too many people play it. Too many people figure it out. And you have to sort of change and shift a little bit. Um, Pete Carroll, uh, Legion of Boom, cover three. Um, everybody started copying it. Not as successful. People get used to it. I think we've reached that with Vic's defense. Um, if, if you think about Patrick Mahomes' one sketchy year, it wasn't, it was a sketchy month, basically, early in the season. He was really, that's where it all came from. People were trying to stop Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. And they said, we're just going to play our safeties in the freaking parking lot yeah. and make him go down the field. Mm-hmm. And, you know, which the Chiefs beat the Eagles doing exactly that methodically go down the field. When they first did it, Mahomes had a lot of trouble staying patient because he's used to making big plays and had some uncharacteristic turnovers. Um, Then they figured it out and it was like, all right, you're going to take that away. We're just going to beat you this way. I think too many teams have figured it out, but that's, that's my opinion. So we might need a bigger adjustment then at some point midway through the season. The Eagles might need a bigger adjustment at some point through the season. Well, let me ask you this. We just talked about the defensive line. We talked about loading up the defensive line. We talked about Nolan Smith being added to this as an edge rusher along with Joshua and Hassan Reddick. Those are three great names right there. Brandon Graham being a part of that mix as well. Uh, what you could be seeing from N'Kobe Dean, instinct, quickness, speed, the experience behind a guy like uh, Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter, all these guys are very familiar with each other. Is there any chance, John McMullen, any chance the Eagles have more than a 70-sack season in the upcoming year? No, Uh, not going to happen. You know, and they might be better. And, you know, uh, that's what I think people don't understand. If you look at the Eagles schedule, you know, they not only played people bring up all the time. They didn't play any good quarterbacks, right? They didn't play this guy. They didn't play that guy. More than that, they played a bunch of young quarterbacks. And what do young quarterbacks do? They hold on to the football. Um, so you have an opportunity, sort of like a perfect storm. Three teams in the history of football have had 70 sacks. So to assume you're going to go 70-70, the Eagles have a much more difficult schedule. They're playing much more savvy quarterbacks. Like when you play Tom Brady, if you get two sacks, you had a day. Mm -hmm. Because he's getting the football out. He's getting the football out on time. Um, He knows what to do. Um, He doesn't give you an opportunity to have that eight-sack, nine-sack game. A lot of young quarterbacks do. Uh, They get overwhelmed. You saw the Eagles have these big, giant games. There's certain guys, Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Now, the field played into it, but guess what? The Eagles weren't getting a lot of sacks, even on a pristine field, because the ball was coming out um, on time. It's what good quarterbacks do. So it's not only about having a good – they're going to have a great defensive line. I just – told you they have like 17 guys who belong in the nfl um counting edge rushers um i have to make that clear for people um they might have a better 
defensive line because I I think Jalen Carter is phenomenal. If you haven't figured that out, Mark. I yeah, think yeah. You're you're you seem to be a big fan. Yeah. Uh, so then let me shift to this question. Then seventy sacks. I figured you'd say no. What's plausible? What is what is an expectation? A realistic if, expectation? If they're under that? fifty, I'd be disappointed. Okay. Now they they might lead the league with fifty three. I think last year fifty led uh, last year. Um. So you know, they're they're going to be good on the pass rush, but they're not they're not hitting seventy. They're okay. not with this schedule, not with the, the quarterbacks on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing is you're also not facing Carson Wentz. Well, at least, well we don't yeah, know he yet. One of them. He was yeah, one he of was... them. And by the way, he's a veteran. He shouldn't be one of them, but he's mm-hmm. one of them who holds on to the football and gave him an opportunity to sack the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Way too, way too long. Unfortunately. Um, one conversation we, we did get in. I want to see where you're at on this because I know a lot of people will ask you about, the additions that could be made. And we've talked about the safety position. I was fortunate enough to be a guest. You guys were kind enough to have me on a couple of weeks ago. And we talked about maybe underrated players. I think Jody had um, Avante uh, Maddox, Avante Maddox. You had asked me about it. I said, read Blankenship. Cause I think he's going to come up and have a very solid year for you, but still there's question marks there in that secondary. There's still question marks about the, uh, the linebacking room as well. Do you think there will be, or do you think Howie Roseman is at least sniffing around to see if there will be any more veteran additions to this defense before training camp hits? Yeah, I mean, I I think linebacker more than safety, although it could be safety as well. I mean, obviously they have issues uh, right up the middle of the field, the two linebackers and the two safeties or three safeties. Who knows? They might go, they might tweak it in that way. Um but yeah, I mean, you can't feel comfortable with, you know, Reed Blankenship is a great story, but you know, I mean, they they spent five grand on Reed Blankenship last year. <laughs> now, now pedigree isn't everything, but to assume that Reed Blankenship is just going to step in and go from, I think he played about two hundred seventy snaps last year to be on the field for all three downs, like Marcus Epps played 99%. So let's use Marcus. Okay. Um, he, he played 99% of the snaps last year to assume he's going to be that guy when other teams now know who Reed Blankenship is and they're going to, they're going to game plan and they're going to say, Oh, what does Reed do? Well, what doesn't he do? Well, as opposed to just, you know, plopping him in the game and people saying, I always say this is copycat league, but it's a slow moving copycat league. Now everybody's gotten the chance to look at Eagles film. Um, they say, Hey, you got a young player back there. We're going to try to take advantage of it. Um, same thing with Sidney Brown as a rookie, man, there's a lot of people that think, Oh, Sidney Brown, the Eagles think he's a red star player. There were two uh, first round safeties last year in the draft, Mark uh, Dax Hill, Lewis Seen. Both did nothing, nothing. Reed Blankenship did more than them. To assume, and those guys are first-round picks, to assume a third-round pick is just going to step in with no hiccups. Uh, Howie likes to say hope is not a strategy. Hope mm-hmm. is not a strategy. Um, so I think the guy, Terrell Edmonds, is going to be a starter. Um 
you know, and I think Sydney and Reed will be battling to be the other starter. If somebody shakes loose, I could see the Eagles making a move. But linebacker is a bigger issue. I mean, same thing. Nicobe Dean had 34 snaps last year. He played 34 defensive plays. And a lot of people, well, Nicobe was good at Georgia. Okay. Lewisine was good at Georgia. <laughs> Devontae Wyatt was good at Georgia. Um, they had five first round picks last year. People think Jordan Davis is a disappointment. Uh, some, um, I would say incorrectly, he's not, but nonetheless, he only played what he played. Mm-hmm. Um, Trayvon Walker was the number one overall pick. He was the best of the five. Quay Walker. It takes time. They all might be great players, but it takes time. Same thing's going to happen with the Eagles and Nicobe Dean. And there's the guy, and people who watch this show know, TJ Edwards was stinking good last year. Hmm. Really good. And he played in a ridiculous number of snaps, healthy for all 20 games. Uh, Kaiser as well. 2,300 snaps between the two of them they have to replace with Nicobe Dean and Nicholas Morrow. That is the position where if they can pull off a Chauncey Gardner-Johnson-like trade, I think it happens in linebacker. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be cost-effective. They're not spending money on the position. Um, it's got to be a rookie deal. Not a guy like Patrick Queen who's going to make an Asper an extension for $10 million a year. It's got to be cost-effective because they don't believe in paying that position. <laughs> no, so here's where I could be confident about N'Kobe Dean. Yes, I did watch him at Georgia, but again, that, I always love when NFL players talk about rookies, veteran NFL players talk about rookies, and they're like, yeah, well, let's see what happens when he's got to get hit by a man or he's got to get blocked by a man and not yeah. some other college well, That's why kid. Jordan's so important because <laughs> – if right. NFL offensive linemen get to the second level and the Kobe Dean, it ain't going to be good. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to be good. But, and that's why the Eagles defensive line is so important. And they're good. The mm-hmm. defensive line is good. They have to keep blockers off the Kobe Dean. They have to. Uh, so, Say what you will about Jonathan Gannon's scheme. Say what you will about even uh, what Sean Desai's scheme could be. Over the last two starting middle linebackers, Alex Singleton and TJ Edwards, those were undrafted linebackers coming in, and they played well. Not great, not Pro Bowl, but they played well. So now you have a guy that many thought was first-round talent at Georgia, slipped in the draft to the third round, did not play, obviously, a lot last year. You mentioned the 34 snaps, so that's hardly at all in a 17-game season. If I'm going to have confidence in it, it's that you're starting hopefully with a better base level of talent than you did with TJ Edwards or you did with Alex Singleton. And this is going to be a very similar scheme that you were running under Jonathan Gannon. So is that at all reason? Also the better pedigree coming out of Georgia and all that. Is that at all a reason to have a little bit more confidence in what Nicobe Dean could bring to the table in Sean Desai's scheme? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, he does have more uh, physical gifts from a a trait standpoint than undrafted guys, as you mentioned. But I I will say, in the case of of TJ, TJ is interesting because um, 
for those who don't know, TJ was a great college player. Uh, he was the runner up for the Budkiss Award. He actually was second to Roquan Smith, another Georgia linebacker. So, and he played at Wisconsin, big school, um, really good college player. And then he ran a 487. Um, and that was it as far as the NFL went. And he just had a bad day. He had a bad day. He never was a 487 guy. Now, I'm not saying he was speedy because he's not, but he worked hard. If you saw TJ day one versus TJ who left, he completely remade his body, completely remade his body. Was probably running 4-6 by the time he left. Really worked on his game. Um, tremendously instinctive, very much like Nicobe. Again, great college linebacker, always had that part of it. And he was 240 pounds. He he's like legitimately sized NFL linebacker. So, you know, is Nicobe a better athlete? Yeah. Does he have similar instincts? Yeah. TJ's old school downhill thumper. Nicobe's very undersized, mm-hmm. um, you know, to the point where, as I said, not if, you know, Jordan Davis, Noah Ellis, Marlon Tui Pelotu, anybody who's playing the nose tackle or the shade technique in those 50 fronts, 50 fronts they have to keep blockers off Nicobe Dean TJ could could get off blocks I don't I don't think Nicobe's going to get off NFL blocks it's right. not big enough one guy that uh, uh has uh, blocked a uh, NFL linebacker or two is a tight end named Colin Thompson local product Archbishop Woods own Temple University's own and yeah. if uh not for long media will be joining us coming up next here on birds 365 my name is Mark Farzetta I'm in for Jody McDonald, and uh, that's, of course, Johnny Mack. You know him, and you love him. And uh, we'll be back in just a minute with Colin Thompson. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit the greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! 
Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mama. Mama, go up, oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. John, I think it's impossible to have a better educated guest than the one we have right yeah, here. Man. I mean, the uh, amazing institute known as Archbishop Wood High School in Warminster, Pennsylvania, uh, Temple University. And, and Colin, you didn't go to Mount Carmel, did you? Did, did you go to public school? Where, where'd you go? I went to Holly Kong Middle School. That's Cold, right. Cold Spring Elementary, shout out. Holly Kong Middle School. And then instead of walking across the street to Central Bucks East, I waltzed my way down York Road. To the finer institute of Archbishop Wood. <laughs> there yeah. we go. Now we yeah. have a NBA champion, Colin Gillespie, too. I mean, we're on fire. Yeah. Funk, and then Funk, Penn State sharpshooter, folks. He's going to play in the summer league in Denver as well. So things are trending in the right go. direction. I think we have five or six NFL guys. So it's been fun. Yeah, All kind of around our group there. It was a lot of fun. Now, yeah, just, Colin, do you know, because I did not know. Now, Mark went to Temple, obviously, but he went to Archbishop Wood. But obviously, he's older than you. So did you already know this? I did not know this. Yes. You. Okay. Oh. Well, so you have tremendous success from Archbishop Wood. You got morning Houston. radio hosts. You got NFL tight ends. My God. I saw something the other day, and it's silly season here on social media. Mm. It's it's always driving. silly season. No, but this is really bad because there's nothing to talk about. So we have Howard Eskin saying, Joel Embiid's not a top five athlete in the city of Philadelphia. He may be a top five athlete on planet Earth. Um, <laughs> like, literally, like, when you talk about pure definition of an athlete, yes, it's like an that athlete, guy man. and, yeah. like, LeBron and, like, Usain Bolt, right? So, uh, but someone said the other day, Kyle Pitts, uh, they put a gif up. Is Kyle Pitts the biggest bust tight end of all time? First of all, oh, if you have to be a bust to be a, to be a bust tight end, uh, just like ridiculous. And I'm like telling everybody on you know on my show, I'm like, don't react to it. Of course, I'm reacting to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, I it's say so don't react to it. Like I, I was talking about T.J. Edwards since you came on because T.J. is a guy who stud. You know, he was undrafted coming out of Wisconsin, but you know, he's a great college player, great college player, but he ran a 487 so he got labeled. You know how that works. He had a bad day. He never ran a 487 in his life, probably the day before, the day after. And then he improved himself. He worked on his body. 
and I got Eagles fans. He, he turns into this great player, and I got Eagles fans saying, oh, he had one good year. I mean, the guy was started four games as a rookie. By by year two, he was – say what you want about PFF. By year two, he was top 20. Then he was like 11. Then last year was like six. He gets paid by the Bears, but he leaves, so now he stinks. My whole thing I'm is, like, where are these other guys at that are really good? Exactly. Like if, if he stinks – yeah. Where are these other – it's so hard to make it in this league, and everyone says, oh, you know, whatever. It is virtually impossible to get to where he's at from being undrafted. Yeah. And, you know, again, Sarge is a special teamer. That's how most guys make it, right? Guy at Temple, Sean Bradley, kind of waiting in the wings there. He's been on punt. Trey Burton. I played with Trey at Florida. Trey was one of the most dynamic athletes I've ever played with. He's a quarterback, man. And yeah. played running back, played wide receiver, played tight end at Florida. Yeah. Punt returner. He plays punt and kickoff for his first three, four years with the Eagles. They had really good special teams then. They won a Super Bowl. He got paid, and he had some issues, but still had success in Chicago. But, no, that's how you make it in this league. No one comes in and starts right away. It's so hard. It's a grown man's league, and you're coming out of college where you're 21-22, you need to cut your teeth on special teams, and then your moment happens, mm-hmm. and you have to be ready for it. Zach Ertz went down, and Trey came in. I guess I would think it was the Rams game when Carson got hurt. He had a bunch of catches, and then he broke the market as a tight end. So I digress. We're all over the place to start, but <laughs> it's hard to make it in this league, and it's super impressive You know what, what the Eagles have done with their team and their roster and how they replenished it, and guys get signed, and now guys have to step up and do it again. Yeah. Colin, when I heard we were going to be talking to you today, I was like, this is the perfect storm. I'm filling in for Jody Mack. I know Colin a little bit. I can't wait to ask him this question. This is the – we talk about silly season on social media. This is don't be an idiot season if you're an NFL player. This is the, the space between the OTC. You know exactly what I'm talking about. The space between OTAs and the space between training camp. What gets said by the head coach, by the position coaches, by the GM, the owner, whoever it might be? Does it is it as simple as, all right, guys, you're young. You have money and you got nothing to do for like 90 days. <laughs> Don't be an idiot. Like what gets said at this period of time? We're already seeing a couple of things in the NFL, but is there anything that gets said any message from the higher ups in the locker room about this downtime, this silly season, this don't be an idiot time? What gets said? Well, there's a couple things done back here. First, I think the schedule's botched. <laughs> I think we should have a longer off season when the season's over and we Fox. should come in a month later. So this period's, <clears throat> Is, sh- is a shorter period of time. Okay. Because you're gone for like a big block of time now, six weeks. And then you come back and you have to restart everything. We did it the COVID year and had success. We came in a little earlier, like mid-July. And then we picked things up and rolled through. So I think this should be a shorter window, personally. I think it's going to help with injuries. It's going to help with off-the-field issues. It's going to help with playbook retention. So that's the first thing I would change. Secondly, what's, what's communicated? Exactly what you're saying. There's a team meeting at the end of... Mandatory minicamp, usually the last day of mandatory minicamp, if it's going well, and usually everything's going well, they say, hey, you know, no practice today. The night before, you know, an operations guy will give you the elbow and say to the two or three guys that like to have a good time and ring, not saying I was or was not that guy, (laughs) they would say, hey, uh, no practice tomorrow. Have a good time tonight. Okay, great. Guys will go out, tear it up. I'm almost like an end of the, you know, I'm not even saying it has to be like a big party, but it would just be something to get together, go to dinner, knowing that tomorrow, hey, listen, that the summer is over. Then you'd have a meeting that Thursday, say at the end of minicamp. Guys, we need to be dialed in. We need to stay out of trouble. Uh, I'll never forget 
Ben McAdoo, one of my favorite coaches of all time. I hated him when I was with the Giants. He crushed me. You can't catch. You can't stay on sides. You can't block. <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> and I, I was so tired one time. I caught a ball in the flat. And I turned up and I tried to smoke this uh, corner. He ended up, you know, hitting me good or whatever. I was so tired. I'm like, I'm not running out of bounds. I'm just going to like fall into this guy and like get tackled and go to the next play. He's like, what do you, who do you think you are? This ripping me. Like, I was like, man, I hate this guy. So coach will interviewed him. I saw he interviewed him in Carolina. I'm like, Oh my God, this guy's going to, it's going to be horrendous for me this year. End up being one of my favorite coaches of all time. And really misunderstood from the public eye about how good of a football coach that guy is. As a genius. I loved him. Absolutely loved him. That's a side story. I know I'm rambling on, mm -hmm. but when we were at the giants, I was there 2017 and Ben's like, really like, I'm not going to say what his three words are, but to stay out of trouble with, but it's burgers, beers, and something else mm -hmm. you need to stay away from it. And <laughs> if you mix, if you mix all three of them, you are going to get in trouble. Uh, yeah. Something's going to happen. You can have all three. You can you pick one. So uh, long story short, we came back and no one got in trouble that off season. And we had a brand new pair of Jordans in our locker. I still have those nice. Jordans. I never wore them. They're mint condition. So, uh, yeah, long story those short. on eBay. Colin. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm it, going, but, uh, I'll wait a little bit. All the guys yeah. in Carolina are like, wait a little bit. So I know it's a long winded <laughs> answer, but, uh, no, that's yeah, great. A little bit of a gift, a little bit of something, yeah. but I would fix the whole, pro the whole structure. I, so, I think you could come back later. So would that be like two weeks then between OTAs and, and training camp? Yeah, I think two to three weeks is fine. Okay. Right. Like you go home, you know, again, you, everyone's off July 4, like build it up till July 1 and then give everybody off. For, so then you have like just a, a month. I think it's too long. I think there should be more time off in the off season. Uh, gives more guys time to rehab away, pick where they want to live. And a lot of guys, people don't understand, they don't live in the city that they play in. Because you do have yeah. a lot of time off. And like a guy like me is undrafted. Okay, you know, I don't have a ton of money. I can't just uproot and say, I'm going to just buy in Philly when I may get cut tomorrow. Right. So long story short, you, you just buy where you want to live eventually, or you're trying to figure that out or you're renting or whatever it is. So yeah, it's unique for sure. Yeah. There's all the field things. I think people, especially with rookies, a lot of fans don't think about that stuff. You're, you're, there's so much upheaval. Uh, you're, you're, you're most likely in a different city. You got to find, Everything you got to find a place to live. You got to now the team's going to help, obviously. Um, yeah. as simple as finding a place to eat, going out, being comfortable, buying groceries, these little things. And these are very young people, you know. You, you, you think about going to a new city at 21, 22. That is something that I think. People don't kind of grasp. Jordan Davis was talking about this um, with us in his second year with all the Georgia guys coming in, Nolan Smith, and he and he says Jalen Carter especially because he's had some off-field issues. And he mentioned how he, you know, goes out of his way, gets him out of the hotel room mm -hmm. uh, when they get an apartment, takes him out to dinner, things like that, just to get him a little bit more comfortable. That is one thing that I, I really think fans don't understand. It's not it's not a video game. These are human beings. Yeah, it's a great point, John. I think to unpack that, you have to understand as a fan. You don't have to. It's your choice. But something to understand is that you have, where, where are the majority of, uh, of these players coming from? And what was their childhood growing up? 
They didn't grow up in Bucks County, Montgomery County. Not a lot of us, right? That we didn't have, maybe you don't have dual parent. Maybe you don't have a financial advisor that your friend's going to tell you to go with. Maybe you don't have a, a friend of a friend that's an agent you can go talk to for advice. You're, you're in college or you're, you grew up maybe in a tougher situation. You end up going to school. You go to a bubble school. You're at the University of Florida. You're at Penn State. You're at West Virginia. You know, you're Temple. The nice thing about Temple is it's pretty real real quick. You know what's going on. You know where not to go, not to, what to yeah. do. You have to make some pretty big boy decisions um, compared to where I was at Florida where it was like palm trees and it was like a bubble school. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like we're at the pool on yeah. Fridays. We're here on Saturday. You know, it's a different environment. So then you pop out of that. And then all of a sudden, you went from team everywhere. You're kind of moving with a pack to go eat breakfast. And then you're moving with a pack to go out at night. And you're moving with a pack for Sunday dinner. You know, Easter, you're alone. Say, okay, great. I'm going to my buddy who lives in Gainesville. We're all going to his house. And there's 20 players at the house, right? When you go to the NFL, you're alone. It, you're by yourself. The team, you know, uh, 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 Jason Kelsey, he, he, he's got a family to go home to him and take yeah. care Yeah, right it's much different than like, Hey, where are we going to dinner tonight? I struggled with that when I was in Chicago, my first year got cut from the giants, emergency hemodectomy week eight, Zach Miller did his knee. If anybody remembers, almost lost his leg. And then I went in for a workout. I was on the practice squad. I signed John Fox's last year in Chicago. Uh, I think Mike Glennon was the quarterback and Mitch was a rookie and I'm old. Mark, Mark Sanchez was the practice squad quarterback. We had a, he was, I thought Mark was the most accurate quarterback under 20 yards I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't think he could throw it more than that at that point of his career, but <laughs> He was money. We had a great little yeah. practice spot. It was funny. But at the time you never I saw see- Sam Bradford. You had to see Sam, man. No, <laughs> I know was, Sam. Sam Trey Burton. Woof. Trey Burton ra- raved about him. Yeah. But um, so you know, I would go back to the hotel. And I'm like, man, this is so- what are we doing tonight? Like, what's going on? Where's dinner? Where's because that's in college. It's like that every night. You're just in this routine. You get to the NFL, like you're saying, John, you're by yourself. Really? Yeah. Um, and you have more time. And people realize, like, I have a media company. I have a podcast. Everyone's like, how do you do that? It's like, I don't know. Like, even if I go in early, I'm in work at 7. I'm in that in an hour and a half before the first meeting. And I leave late, maybe an hour later. I'm there till 5.30. Like, I get home at 6. I don't know. I record a show for 30 minutes. Like, instead of watching a Netflix episode, it's really not a lot going on. I don't have kids. So, it's – um you have more time than you think, and it's a great point, John. Where am I going to eat? What's my routine? And then your second, third year, you see it out of people, players on the field. Yeah. I firmly believe it. They, you become a man pretty quick. You have to make some sacrifices. You have to change how you do things before. So long yeah, coaches, so coaches usually say the biggest leap in players is from year one to year two. I've talked to a lot of coaches. I think you're, a lot of it has to do with comfort. I really do. It's just, a great point. Just and getting the pro days and all that stuff, your college yeah. career ends. And you are right with an agent, and you are off the train right yeah. away. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a bowl game. Say your bowl game's late. Say it's after Christmas. You don't have a break. I went yeah. right to Atlanta, trained there for six weeks, and then trained at Temple for two, and then did the pro day. And then all of a sudden, you have like a week break, and then there's the draft, and then boom, you're in minicamp. So all your local workouts, that rookie year is brutal. Those guys don't have any time off. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I want to mention, yes, Not For Long Media, you do a great job with at your media company. And then you mentioned, you know, not everybody has that fallback or whatever. You know, not everybody also has a mom that runs a lingerie store. So, you know, it's the, it's the give and the, you know, it's the give and the take of it all. Um, you know what? She's a beast, man. She's she is. Got, a- <laughs> she's got 20 stores. Uh, they're not all lingerie. You know, they're all over. She's got like a half. And then she just acquired the original Fudge Kitchen. So 
yeah, there's a lot there. She's she's doing a lot, man. She's about so, to open some more stores down here in Annapolis, Maryland. There's a lot going on. You're a uh, you're a born hustler, born of hustlers, my Correct. friend. You guys, you guys, the, the Thompson family, they're uh, they're all over the place, man. Um, I do want to ask you this because we were just talking about blocking linebackers. All right, to, to put it back on the football field here, we we're talking about blocking a guy like Nicobe D. Now the Eagles officially list him at 5'11", 231, uh, obviously the Georgia product. And we were talking about a guy like TJ Edwards, better build. John was talking about how he really worked on his body to become a, a more physical downhill type of linebacker. That seems to be going the way of the dodo in the NFL nowadays, where guys are looking for more that guys that were almost free safeties 10 years ago are now linebackers. So what, when you look at N'Kobe Dean, what is your scouting report of him? And as a tight end that blocked plenty of linebackers, how would you approach blocking a guy like N'Kobe Dean versus a guy like TJ Edwards? So, John, when you shook your head there, you're saying that what height and weight is not correct? Well, uh, no. Kobe uh, is not 231. Uh, what would you lighter? say is that? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say 218. Okay. Yeah, so he drinks a gallon of water. And <laughs> they weigh him in and, you know, yeah. early in OTAs. No, a little so bit under 220. How say. you're addressing the block. You know, I think this, people, you know, the one thing to understand in, in the blocking game is obviously what you're blocking for, who you're blocking for, what's the scheme. If it's a downhill run play where you know the ball's hitting the A-gap or it's a tackle for loss, you got to take them stripe on stripe right down the middle. If it's some sort of toss scheme or it's some sort of uh, bounce play or outside zone, you need to know where the back is because that's really going to help your block. Like all these pancake blocks you see in the NFL, no one ever just picks anybody up and slams someone down like high school. They just know leverage and they know where the back is. That's where these things end up. And the and the the defensive end or the backer gets a little overextended, and then all of a sudden you see Jason Kelsey dump somebody on their head. Well, the linebacker saying either I go back door and then it hits for a touchdown, or I just got to get ran over here and take a bullet so it only hits for twenty yards. So there's a lot of that too. To answer your question is yeah, you need to know who you're blocking, but really you need to know who you're blocking for. for so for the speed guys, you need to take up space right away. You need to get on them. Because if they get in space and they start wiggling you around, it's disadvantage uh, offensive player. Now you can't cut either unless you're inside the tackle box. So, uh, But for the bigger boys, you just got to button up and take them just right down the middle because it hurt. I mean, it hurts. It's a different beast. You've got to really get on them. But that's old. That's the old school way. I mean, yeah. I remember playing in college. All the linebackers were 250, 245. They were all my weight. I'm 255, 260. So now – they're all smaller because they got to be able to flex out and guard the guy in the slot too. And the guy in the slot's a tight end now who runs a four, four and the games change that way or Ricardo running back and man to man coverage. So yeah, for the bigger guys, you got to really take them stripe on stripe for the smaller guys. You got to play in space with them and, and try to take away, um, you know, their speed. Yeah. I, I, I've been waiting for this pendulum effect in this league, Colin, usually when something goes one way, then it sort of comes back the other way and people start, zigging like how he says when others are zagging um you know when you have 219 pound linebackers nicholas morrow used to be a safety in college you know he's a bulked up linebacker you know why not play a fullback extra and say you know what if you're gonna put 220 pound guys i'm gonna just you know why nobody does it is it just yeah. It's it's well too easy to throw the ball. Yeah. The margin of error too small. Yeah, it, it's, it, a, it's a great debate, John. Like the fullback, 
right? Like you wanted to line up in 22 personnel and run the ball. Well, is your team built that way financially? I think that's another thing that people don't talk about. Like, okay, I'm paying my receiver this. I'm paying my tight end this. I don't pay him for 22 personnel running power up somebody. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I pay him to create mismatches one-on-one in the run game, in the pass game. RPOs now change the game crazy. Like I'm coaching the lower gave me a regional high school still. I've been doing it five years virtually. I absolutely love it. And we're, we're putting these RPOs in. And you send these RPOs from college in, and it's like, how do you play defense? Like literally they're running counter and the – Oh, well, I'm in her five yards downfield and they're, and the guy's pulling it out and throwing a post because the safety is playing the run game and counter. It's not even football anymore, really. I'm not saying, you know, I'm pissed off. I'm just saying it's a new version of the game. So the pendulum swung to where all these high school coaches were dynamic and then all the college coaches picked it up. And now you see it bleeding into the NFL. It actually it works bottom up instead of top down when it comes to creativity in the league from a coaching standpoint. So. No, it's a great point. I mean, listen, it's it's hit or miss because it's kept me alive in this league where teams want to still run the ball and run duo, and, and it's third and one, and we're going to run the football. And some of the rookies can't do it. Some of the younger tight ends can't do it. So it's kept me alive, and, and my phone has is, is stayed somewhat relevant because these rookies can't do it. They play in a spread offense. And yeah. So yeah. it's a great question, John. I don't think it's going to swing back to bigger linebackers, though. I think it's going to be. It's always going to grow out. Like if you're a if you're a if you're a a slow tight end, you move the tackle. If you're a slow receiver, you move the tight end. If you're a safety that moves okay, well, become a linebacker and move great. I.e. Hassan Reddick, Hassan played DB at Temple. I saw Hassan, and then all yeah. of a sudden I was like blocking yeah. practice one day at like 190 pounds. Like who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> 30 pounds later i'm still i see a son reddick stretching next to uh jordan davis and it's like ooh, I, it, it's not that big and, yeah not that oh, big, no, no he's explosive yeah. and strong and tough and yeah we missed him in carolina this year i, I said it on the show before we were going to miss him and man you saw what he did in philly yeah. you saw him after his mom got him that meal plan that to you, man. Correct. That's that's, yeah. that's what that's what went down. Um, real quick, the Eagles are depending on two rookies, defensively speaking, going into this year, and Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. More so, Jalen Carter. He's going to go in there. He's going to fill the role of a guy like uh, Javon Hargrave and be a big anchor in the middle of that defensive line. Nolan Smith is another guy they're going to be depending on, but he's got a little bit more of a curve because the Eagles are are pretty well covered in terms of getting after the quarterback. Obviously, seventy sacks last season was pretty good. But when you when you look at guys that are young coming into the league, you talked about your experience undrafted versus guys that were you know first rounders. These two guys are first rounders, so when you're a first rounder, you're looked at as being depended on to make some kind of a difference. What type of advice would you give younger guys breaking into the league that know from jump they're going to have a heavy weight on their shoulders to help that team? Great question. I think the best advice I got was – sit with the right people at lunch and breakfast every day. And you're really going to learn about a lot of things in life that are going to impact you on the field. So I was fortunate with the giants. I heard that knowledge. I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit with Justin Pugh. I'm going to sit with Eli Manning. I'm going to sit with Justin Tuck would be in the building time to time. Former OC in Europe being there. Michael Strand be there. I'm like, I'm just going to do it. Because you're a rookie, you want to be comfort. You want to go sit with the rookies, a couple of the undrafted guys maybe you went to school with, mm-hmm. a couple of guys you got recruited with, and did, you know you went separate ways, but you know each other, and you want comfort and comfort and comfort, and you're seeking comfort because the playbook's a lot. The stress is a lot. 
I got to find a place to live. I got to hope I don't get cut. You know, my best friend on the team's undrafted. Maybe he's getting cut. We were supposed to live together and split the rent. Now he's <sighs> leaving. So, like, every day I tried. We, we had the same breakfast table. It was like Christian McCaffrey, you know, Sam Darnold, like guys that are overachievers, guys that really want to do it at a high level. That would be my advice is pick who you eat your meals with because all the rest of it takes care of itself and it is what it is. And you're going to, you'll be fine. There's going to be games you play bad. There's going to be games you play well. There's going to be practices where you literally can't even walk because you're so sore. And there'll be practices where you're absolutely balling out. That's just football. So yeah, I would say this, you got to pick your friends, pick who you sit with on the bus because if you just walk the normal walk of whatever this player is, this fifth or sixth or undrafted player, round pick, excuse me, you may not end up where you want to be. You need to surround yourself with the guys that are elite-minded, and I think that will really have a great ripple effect in your personal life and then your playing career. Uh, you mentioned a guy there. I, I want to talk about it a little, Colin. I, you know, being in locker rooms over the years, there are certain guys that uh, – you know, even NFL players are in awe of like mm -hmm. I, and when I was in Minnesota, Randy Moss is one of those guys. Uh, Michael Bick was one of those guys. Now, it, it, in a league that devalues running backs, I get that with Christian McCaffrey. You know, Christian's a guy. Nobody's devaluing him. Uh, he's getting 16 million a year, whatever it is. Um, when he was coming out. I was talking to a couple different scouts and they said he ran routes better than receivers um, uh, coming out uh, of college in Stanford. And, uh, and he runs like a top tier running back and being his teammate is he's one of those guys, right? He's one of those guys that other NFL players say, wow, that, get, that guy's good. I'm sitting here. I know you're what you're going to ask me. So I'm sitting here trying to think of some stories over the years to really paint a picture of what Christian's mindset is. And to answer your question, John, yes. <laughs> Everybody looks at this guy and says, who, who is he? What is this? I, he's this different. And I try to explain it to people all the time. You know, people always ask me about him, right? There's nobody I've ever played with that has the elite 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 talent and then the undrafted walk-on type work ethic to match it we had the debate last year like who are those guys like aaron donald he's a freaking nature don't get me wrong but he's a defensive tackle he's not six seven 300 pounds and yeah. even like he is aaron's like 275 he's still a freak don't get me wrong he's the best player in the nfl my point is like who is freakishly gifted and who works freakishly hard? It's a very fine line there. There's not many of those people on the planet. Yeah. So we were talking that, about that with Jalen Hurts, but he doesn't have that, you know, Jalen's great. The work he's ethic. closer to that category than most. Yeah, but closer, yes. closer than most. But no one's Christian. I mean, he caught a ball the other day, John. I mean, the other day, this season. I'll never forget it. Week one or two at practice. He was running to the pylon. He's running a flat route from out of the backfield. So he's going left to right. And he couldn't – the ball was, like, at his back. So usually you open up your hip, he catch the ball and go for the pylon. He didn't turn around. He caught the ball behind his back. <laughs> and it was very nonchalant. And he just made it look really easy. I'm like, whoa. Dude's different. Here's an example about Christian's mindset. You know why Christian went to Stanford? Uh, it's a smart kid. Nope. He liked their colors. 
I don't know. No. Like like trees? I don't know. People say, oh, it's, well, his mom and dad went there. Yeah, Ed went there. So Oh, that's right. Ed became, yeah. I think his mom played soccer there, too. Yeah. No. He went to Stanford because he wanted to prove to people that he could be a power running back. Think about that. Yeah, that's why he ran the there. football. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I'm not going to Oregon. I'm not going to these other places. I want to prove to people that I can run between the tackles. That is Christian McCaffrey. Wow. He that's how dialed he in he is. Don't let him fool you. He knows everything and everything anybody's ever said about him, about not being a running back and being a wide out. And so he, he listen, yeah. He's a different mindset. He's a different work ethic, and he's a freak of nature. Um, so, I, I think, hey, when the 49ers were down to their fifth quarterback, it was going to be Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, and he <laughs> he's probably pissed about his performance. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, like yeah. that's the type of he'll know every offensive. He'll play. He'll take quarterback reps this year, even though they have a third quarterback, just to say I can do it. That's where he's at. Um, he's the perfect fit there. And I brought a guy up earlier, and someone for everyone to watch here, Sam Darnold. Watch him this year. I, I I made an opinion the other day. I've talked. See, to I wish that, that now. I'm glad Mark is here, but I wish Jody was here because I said, "Watch Sam Darnold's going to be the starting quarterback in San Francisco." I don't think Purdy plays a snap this year. Wow, I'm with you. Oh, clip this, Sandra. Sam. Clip this for Jody. <laughs> uh, Sam Darnold is one of the most gifted quarterbacks I've ever played with in my entire life, and it's a shame. You know, everyone says, oh, not a fair shake here and there." The guys had a, a lot of unlucky, fair. You know, just ball bounced the wrong way for him a lot of times. Now you could troll out of as a player, but Sam is another guy who works his ass off, who's a really elite gifts too. Probably the most gifted quarterback they have in that building when it comes to just like running and throwing. Sam's fast, which is people don't understand. And he can really throw and it's the perfect system for him. And they're uh, going to win games. So uh, my, my whole thought process is, you know, if Brock isn't ready because he tore his UCL. There's no way he's going to be yeah. ready. There's no, no way, way he's going to be ready. So San Francisco is six and zero or five and one with Sam Darnold. You're really going to bench the guy? I'm not. No, no stinking way for a guy coming off UCL surgery. Uh-uh. Ain't and happening. Of all the people, of all the organizations that can handle that, they can handle it. Meaning yeah. the off the field, the questions. You know, they have the the GM. They have the head coach that can handle that. They have. A mature quarterback room of all of them are going to be saying the right things, and that team is lo- like pick a leader. Yeah, there's a fifty yeah. of them, and yeah. probably the best roster in the NFL. I mean, you're in Philadelphia. You're in Philly, Colin. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's probably listen. The thing about that team is there's literally blue chippers everywhere. Like now, legit. San Francisco is very talented. Top, very talented. They have like twenty of the top. Tw- they have like let's say top 100 players. They probably have 20 of them. Oof. I mean. Trent Williams, Bosa, Warner. And they got Javon Hargrave now. So Hargrave, running back, away. Christian, yeah. Curtis Debo, Samuel. Yeah. I mean, Debo Samuel, excuse me. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Just elite. Yes. Just elite. Birds are loaded, though. Don't, I mean, I know everyone listening. Eagles here. are loaded. Eagles, Eagles are loaded. loaded. Um, and those are the two best teams in the NFC. I, I think that's pretty clear. Uh, yeah, probably top. Top, honestly, two of the top five teams in the league, right? Yeah. At Colin Thompson, TU, the great Colin Thompson. Uh, make sure you follow him on Twitter, not for long media. He's got his podcast. Make sure uh, you listen to that. Uh, not for long media.com does a tremendous job. 
Uh, just very insightful about the NFL in general, obviously, because he played in the league and he continues. We're still getting calls, right? We're still getting nibbles. Yeah, we're getting nibbles. It's, it's all, you know, I'm in that old tight end group now where, <laughs> you know, I was in it. I was the rookie looking up at these guys saying, man, these guys are, you know, they're about to take my job. You know, I, I can't get it done on a consistent basis. Why are they bringing these old heads in? They bring two or three of them in for a workout. They keep one of them. Ends up playing, you know, over a handful of games. Now, would you consider playing spring football next year, or or I do would. you want? Or do I you would. Want to... I'm not opposed to it. I had a couple calls this year with a couple different teams. They called and offered me opportunities, but mentally and physically, I was not ready for it. When you're going into those leagues, you need to be all in and ready to go. I have a ton of respect for those leagues. That's why I'm in the NFL. I played yeah. in the XFL. Yeah. I played in the AF. It's not like an ego thing. I just really. I was dealing with a few injuries last year. I need to make sure I was ready to go because I need to get my pension. I need to play a couple more games in the NFL, and that's the goal. So I'll be fine. The phone's ringing still. It's mostly, hey, training camp stuff, in-season, um, probably 10 teams I'm on a list for. So that's good. I'm okay with it. I know where I stand. And, and there's, a, as you guys know, well, last year in Carolina, I got hurt. Ian Thomas got hurt. Our other tight end got hurt. Three days in a row, we went from six guys in our room to three. And they had a guy come in off the street, Izzo, and we had a joint practice with the Patriots who literally never saw our playbook before and had a practice. Um, so <laughs> you got to be ready to go. I mean, and I, yeah, it's crazy. I never forget. I don't, Ryan Izzo played for the Patriots actually, but yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know how this guy's doing this. this guy's an absolute stud, but like just right off the street and right into joint practice. Jeez, man. Physical time uh, of your life. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'll be ready. All right. Awesome. We know you will be, my man. Uh, Colin Thompson, make sure you guys uh, give him a follow. You heard him from uh, Johnny Mac right there and also Not For Long Media as well. Colin, great catching yeah. up, brother. Thank you. And say you hi to Sydney. Uh, <laughs> you guys are the best. Always been amazing to me in my career. So thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, great Colin. Seeing you. Great seeing you, brother. Colin Thompson joining us here uh, on Birds 365. So what, what do we, we go to break and we come back and say goodbye, John? Is that how this works? That's how it works. Got to put right. a bow on the show, as Jody would say. <laughs> bow on the show. All right. Be back in a few. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods
and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Johnny Mac, Mark Farzetta with you in for Jody Mac. Uh, this has been a blast, man. I mean, John, I always enjoy talking to you. You come on my show uh, semi-regularly, and I appreciate you doing that. I get to talk to you during the Birds pregame show. Uh, this is uh, it's good to have an extended conversation with you about Birds football, my friend. Yeah, it's awesome, man. I appreciate you uh, jumping up and pulling in. You got to be ready, as Colin Thompson said. You're ready, man. Oh, yeah. You're just up behind that microphone. You're a pro, a true pro, and I appreciate it. it it's it. You just put the ball on the tee for you, and you just hit it out of the park. That's it. That's all I got to do. I just, hey, Eagles football, and then you go, and you it just, it's a never-ending machine with you, my friend. Yeah, I appreciate it. Station to station more than home run. just just get a single keep it moving keep Uh, it moving jody back tomorrow rob ellis thursday uh yes that is the plan okay Um, so it'll be jody uh wednesday and me then rob then jody bang 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 and mark barzetta it's like an all-star cast this week there we go man just cranking out the hits my friend uh john this was great everybody in the chat you guys were awesome in the chat as well as keeping an eye on you guys uh trying to throw some questions in there uh, from some of the things you guys were saying. So appreciate you guys in the chat as well. Now, I will be back on Jacob Media tonight for the Phillies post-game show after the Phillies take on the Cubs at 8.05. I'll be right on here on Jacob Media to talk all things Phillies after that game. So we have a good time doing that as well. Uh, we Later today, what do we got? We got... Um, we got, we got sports, take, sports take uh, with uh, with Rob and uh, D Gun, and we got uh, uh, the National Football Show. So yeah. you know, Good keep stuff. it uh, keep it on the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Fantastic, John. Always a pleasure, my friend. I'll talk to you soon, and uh, my best to Jody Mack as he as he, as he uh, returns to the seat tomorrow, and then Rob on Thursday. Thanks everybody for watching. This was a blast. Be back with you guys uh, tonight after the Phillies game. See ya. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.